And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. How's everybody doing? Uh, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, you know, end of the work week. Uh, for those of you who are maybe have been making the commute to work, or, you know, those of you who have been working from home, still very hectic, regardless of where you're working from. Uh, we have a very exciting show today. We have uh, Gil Martin, host of Locked On Islanders, on with me today. We, we did a little crossover. Um, we're going to discuss about uh, you know all the things surrounding this series that's going on. Obviously, the Lightning are up two nothing in the series, looking to make it three nothing tonight. Eight o'clock start, probably eight o five. We'll see. Uh, usually, they they've been doing a pretty good job lately of really just you know. Uh, getting all that stuff done and really starting the game. So we'll see. Uh, I would imagine it's probably 805. But before we get into anything, uh, just a reminder, like and subscribe this podcast. Uh, it can be found wherever you find podcasts, uh, wherever they're available. Uh, that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. So go ahead, do that. And, of course, give us a follow on the Locked On Lightning Twitter page at LO underscore Lightning. Uh, stay up to date on all the news surrounding the show as well as uh, be present and, you know, chirp in, uh, chip in, actually, uh, during sh- games where we will be tweeting from the Locked on Lightning Twitter page uh, during games to discuss all the action that is currently going on within that game. So, yeah, like I said, uh, we have the host of Locked on Islanders, Gil Martin, on with us doing a crossover, and we'll be discussing... Everything going on with this series, we'll discuss uh, how both our teams got here. We'll discuss, uh, you know, the first two games. We'll discuss maybe expectations going into this game. We'll, we'll, we're we're going to cover it all. Gil and I uh, had a great conversation. So before we get into that, I just want to talk about one of our sponsors today, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, and they got six new ones coming out. And those flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisps. Uh, my favorite flavor thus far. Um, I haven't tasted any of the new ones yet, but my favorite flavor thus far from the 12 original ones was uh, the toffee almond. Uh, and the banana nut bread was pretty good, too. So, uh, yeah, these things are super healthy. Um, they're, they're great for anyone that's health conscious who really watches what they eat. Uh, you could lose main, lose or maintain weight while indulging in this treat, in this treat. Uh, they're the perfect, um, post or pre-workout, uh, protein bar. If you know, you're one of those people that's looking to get back in the gym as everything starts to reopen, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So go over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you get $10 off your next order. I'll repeat it, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off. A huge difference, it was a huge difference, definitely the turnover and performances from both these teams. Obviously, there was 
absences for the Lightning, notably Point and um, Kalorn. But, I mean, what a huge turnover from going from an 8-2 game to the game-winning goal scored within maybe the last nine seconds. I mean, I, I was just waiting for the Islanders to do something after Point and Kalorn were gone. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I thought – that as the game, we got deeper and deeper into it. I thought that the fact that the Lightning only had nine forwards would eventually come back to haunt them, that they'd get a little bit tired, that uh, the Islanders would be able to take advantage of that. But unfortunately, you know, they had plenty of chances but couldn't finish. And, and their failure on the power play especially was very much a difference maker in game two. Yeah, um, and then the other thing that really stuck out to me and that it was just maybe just from a Lightning fan's point of view, if you've watched this game, this team all year, is when the Lightning relies solely on um, Vasilevsky to bail them out, it doesn't end well. And that's nothing, not a knock against Vasilevsky. Obviously, he's a great goalie, but at the end of the day, he could only make so many saves until one gets past them. And I really thought there was – there was maybe you – could remember better than me there was this one chance in front I believe it was um I want to say Letty Mm -hmm. um he had the puck right in front and he just missed the net it went right over the crossbar over the boards and I think that was probably one of the best opportunities uh New York had all game long and that was really their I think their chance late in the game to really uh not only take the lead but possibly add to more because I think once you score that goal against this depleted lightning team I think you guys blow the door wide open. Yeah, and look, you mentioned the Letty play. Bailey had a chance. It went over the goal. Uh, I, I know Anders Lee had a couple of chances in close. And on a number of plays, Yeah, and then you had the, the Pulak breakaway also. Mm. But on a number of plays, even, you know, especially on the power play, you know, they, they had good shots, and yet they tried to make one too many passes. And mm-hmm. – it really sort of got them into trouble. I, I thought the Islanders, especially on the power play, were trying too hard to make that perfect setup instead of putting pucks on the net and then going for rebounds and deflections and the like. And I think it really ended up costing them. I mean, when you've got a five on three for 38 or 39 seconds, and then you had a five minute major in the first period and you don't convert on any of them, that, that is uh especially in the playoffs where it's harder to have room out there and it's tighter checking and everybody's back checking. You got to convert on some of those power play opportunities and they just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, the, the Islanders were just, I, they were just trying to be too fine with the puck in front. I mean, they had these prime scoring chances and like you said, they were, they were also making too many passes, but I mean, there was a couple of plays throughout this game where not only Vasilevsky, but, uh, Hedman made a great defensive play at one point. Uh, there was that huge block by Yanni Gord with a minute 30 left on the rush, on the odd man rush that I was – I can't believe he he made contact with the puck, especially at the angle that he was coming in um, on the rush, the way he was defending. But uh, at the same time, the Lightning were kind of digging themselves in, own, in their own grave. I mean, if you look at it, they were taking bad penalties. Kalorn, who – really has been getting away with this kind of this play this all all playoffs long I mean he's been penalized repeatedly every time he's in the box it seems it's for interference or uh boarding something of that nature to where he's just 
he's just, to put it lightly, he's being over-enthusiastic with the physical play. And that's something that came back to bite us last night. I mean, now it was announced today that he's going to be suspended for tomorrow's game, which he rightfully so. And, um, yeah, I I mean, it was one of those things where you're just playing with fire and you're bound, bound to get burned. And then with the addition of point being out, and we're not entirely sure yet as to what his status is. I mean, if you look at the replay of that 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 hit he got along the boards that could be a number of things that could be a concussion could be a shoulder leg um so for you know i and and i think the islanders knew that i think that they were all right you got two of the you know i guess the more significant guys on this lightning team that have really been doing it all year other than kucherov out let's you know this is our time to pounce and i think that that's what really i guess they kind of got that that deer in the headlight kind of look now i want to just ask you a question see what your opinion is obviously you might be a little biased because you're an islanders fan but what do you think of that comment that was made by brian butcher about how since point was out of the game now now barzell was uh the best player on the ice i don't know if he remembered that nikita kutroff is the reigning mvp (laughs) Yeah, look, I mean, sometimes I think broadcasters say things to get people to react. And I think that might have been one of those things. Uh, Look, if I were to list the five best players in this series, at least three, maybe four of them, I think, would be on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just from a pure, you know, combination of talent and production this season. And that obviously wouldn't include Stamkos, who was out, you know, for this entire series. But Mm -hmm it's not that the Islanders don't have talent and that they don't have guys who can do a lot of great things, but no, I, I, I would not agree with that statement, even though, you know, I, I have been following the Islanders for, you know, for many, many years and, and all season. And look, uh, Barzal is talented. He's a very good player, but is he equal to Kucherov at this point in his career? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, you give him maybe, two years and I think he's he has the potential to be top five in the league um but I mean I I was saying at the beginning of this uh at the preview of this series that I think the Islanders I mean let's let's just be frank here they under normal playoff circumstances they would not be here right now so they're basically playing with borrow time and they're taking full advantage of it which is very admirable to see but you know if you look at these two teams the lightning are leagues above better and just based off ability uh let's not even yeah. talk about goaltenders but um you know the 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 islanders they 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 really came into game one you know they wanted to prove everyone wrong everyone wrong and then unfortunately the lightning for them for the islanders dropped a touchdown and a two-point conversion on them <laughs> but you guys i have to i really admire the way you guys played in those first Actually, that entire game, you guys really came in with a chip on your shoulder, as expected, after losing a game like that. Um, nobody wants to lose a game like that, especially on national television when you're you're four wins away from playing in the Stanley Cup. Um, so they really impressed me there, and I really do expect them to to continue that play throughout this series. Now, how the Lightning are going to handle that, um, it's it's very strange because there's certain times throughout games, especially in the second period, where throughout this whole playoff run, where they just have seemed overwhelmed by teams coming out of you know the first puck drop of the period with all that momentum, and the Lightning are notorious slow starters, and you know for that combination, 
especially with this uh, with this Islander team. They, to me, from the outside looking in, they have a lot of guys that could do a lot of good things for them. They don't just have one guy that, you know, obviously Matt Barzal is the number one guy that everyone looks at uh, when the Islanders roll in the town. But you guys have a ton of weapons out there. You have J.G. Pajot, who was a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, single-handedly carried the Senators to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have Anders Lee as well. And, I mean, you have a bunch of veteran talent, especially in, in Andy Green out there and Varlamov and Grice. And speaking of Varlamov and Grice, what is the thought process with Barry Trotz, really? Um, it, it's very – I haven't really watched many Islander games throughout this run, but I thought Varlamov was the guy. Did something happen in that last series with Philly that changed Trotz's mind? I don't think it it was necessarily anything in particular. Look, the first 37 games of the regular season, Varlamov and Grice alternated starts. And then Varlamov ended up slightly uh, ahead. I think he ended up with 10 more starts over the course of the season than Grice had. But it's always sort of been a 1-1A. One and, one and what happened was when uh, there were back-to-back games in the Philadelphia series – the second half of those games, you know, the second game went to Grice as the starter to keep him sharp and to, you know, give a little rest to Varlamov. And Grice played exceptionally well. The Islanders won. Grice also played well in relief uh, in the game that the Islanders were losing 3 nothing. Grice came in against Philly, forced overtime, and they ended up losing 4-3 in overtime. But I, I think as far as Barry Trotz is concerned – you're looking at the hot hand and whoever he feels is going to best fit in on that day. I, I thought Grice might have gotten the start, you know, in game two because how Varlamov's body language, you know, in game one against Tampa was just terrible. I mean, yeah. he, he looked like he gave up before he even got there. Yeah, that was the thing that was, you know, I saw a lot of s- some stuff on social media, notably Twitter, how, um, you know, let's not remember Grice only – was really on the ice for 11 minutes. Granted, he gave up three goals, but that's nothing compared to Varlamov giving up five. Right. So, and, you know, all the talk was, oh, Varlamov is going to start game two. And I'm like, did anyone just look at the stats of this game? I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to – if that's the mindset with Barry Trotz, I mean, first of all, pulling your goalie after three uh, goals, especially in the playoffs, that's – I mean, that's a deficit. If, if you play the right way, that could be made up in a period and a half. Absolutely. Um, and so – to, I, I feel like um, that that kind of move, especially when you have sort of this revolving door of goaltenders in the playoffs, um, A, it's really hard for either guy to get anything going. B, uh, confidence plays a huge factor. And to, to pull him after that, I think, does more damage than good really long term. Well, I, I think what it really did was uh, it, I, I think he went back to Varlamov in game two to, to rebuild his confidence and to show he still had confidence in him. And, you know, if Varlamov is nominally one and Grice is 1A, Grice is more in a, in a psychological position to say, okay, if Varlamov doesn't play well, I'm coming in, I may start the next game. But he wanted to keep Varlamov's confidence higher and let him know he still had faith in him, even though he played poorly in game one. Yeah, um, I mean, Varlamov played very well, but having said that, the Lightning didn't really challenge uh, Varlamov 
throughout the, the entire game until maybe the last five minutes. Yeah. Um, they had like 10 shots, I believe, into, uh, going into the third period. It was just – it was bringing me flashbacks of the whole Columbus series where the Lightning <laughs> were winning – we were winning games and then – but we were winning them in such ugly fashion. I wouldn't call this game really an ugly fashion kind of game, but if you look at the shot totals, it was ugly. Um, and – it was, I believe it was very lucky that, and, you know, you have to, the, the, I believe the number one star of this game was Vasilevsky, but if you had to have maybe a, a number one star A, just for, to, to be, to have the know with all to find Kucherov, and that's Ryan McDada, who's been playing insane levels of defensive hockey throughout this whole run. And um, it was one of those games really where either team had, a plethora of chances throughout the game to win. And I truly believe um, that the Islanders were really only maybe a, a, a couple of sequence or two away from winning this game. If, if things, um, if the lightning do not score on that play, or if this game does go into overtime, which it probably would have, I believe that the Islanders, they would have built up their confidence. They would have said, Hey, we can hang with these guys. Let's go win it out there. And I would have probably bet you money that the Islanders would have definitely came out in OT. But listen, um, I, I carry my Met fandom into my Lightning fandom, and that's uh, <laughs> hope for the best and expect the worst. <laughs> um, I can relate. I yeah. Can relate. <laughs> so um, let's just talk about what were some of your expectations going into this series overall? Um, did you – how confident were you that the Islanders, especially after everything was happening – I mean, the, the Flyers aren't just any team. They're, they were – top four in the conference heading in, obviously playing in the round robin. But um, how, how, conf how surprised maybe are you as well about this run? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm mildly surprised, but far from shocked, I guess is the way I put it. Look, here, here's the situation. People forget that in October and November, this is an Islanders team that had points in 17 straight games. Mm-hmm. And they are, when they play their game, they are capable of beating anybody on any night. And you talked about, you know, Tampa Bay had 10 shots on goal through 40 minutes uh, in game two. That's the way the Islanders, when they're playing their game, that's what they can do to one of the most explosive offensive teams in the game right now. Um, so I knew they could hang with anybody. And I think the other advantage that the Islanders have is that Barry Trotz is just an outstanding coach mm -hmm. and the team believes in him implicitly. He spells out, you know, what they need to do to win. And if they do it most of the time, you know, th they're more than capable of winning. Now, that being said, I picked the lightning in six, but uh, <laughs> I mean, but, but I didn't think that many of the games would be eight to two. I think it'll be, you know, six hard fought games was more or less my prediction heading in that the mm -hmm. lightning would know that they were in the series. Look on paper, the lightning are a superior team. There's no question about that, but you don't play hockey on paper. And, you know, I think the Islanders are more than capable of, of taking still a couple of games in this series and, and making the lightning sweat a little bit, but you know, look the way they bounced back, after being blown out in game one speaks volumes to me about the way that Barry Trotz can get this team prepared and makes the right moves as far as who's in the lineup and who's not, who's going to be the goalie, 
uh, in any given game and just to motivate this team and have them confident and believing in themselves when they head out onto the ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, um, that was definitely, like I mentioned earlier, what really impressed me too is how well the Islanders bounced back. And they did everything. They basically laid out the blueprint that Lightning fans have seen all season on how to really – make the lightning struggle. I mean, it's no secret that we're one of the most explosive teams in the NHL, one of the most fast skating teams as well. Uh, you stood, you stood the lightning up at, at, in the neutral zone. You, as soon as they got into the, the zone on, into the zone on the attack, uh, they do, they did a very good job of just clogging up the passing lanes, not letting the lightning get really any good shots on net, clogging up the shooting lanes as well. Um, they did a very good job having the lightning really try to rely more on their D men to really take more shots as evident in that headman goal uh, early on in the game. Um, and the interesting thing um, as well is that obviously, I mean, the, the Islanders weren't really taking that many shots either, which did work in their favor because Vasilevsky is the kind of goaltender that the more shots he gets he faces the better he gets throughout the game so less shots is better really I know it's kind of a weird concept to think about but especially against the best goalie in hockey um Vasilevsky uh we saw it in the Columbus series a couple of times we saw it I think maybe um I believe in game one or game two of the Boston series where they didn't take a lot of shots early on and Really, Vasilevsky wasn't getting hot until maybe the second period or so. And that's what, and you saw it a couple of times uh, throughout the first period of game two where he struggled a little bit on some of those saves. He, but then you saw him to really start to heat up in the second, uh, making some incredible saves. One that I just remember off the top of my head, I don't remember who shot it. Uh, defender was sitting right in front of him and he just knew instinctly to stick out his glove at a certain yep. angle and he caught the puck and it was just an amazing save. But uh, yeah, the Islanders basically, if, if either of the teams in the Western Conference are looking at this series on maybe how to beat the other, um, if you want to see the blueprint on how to beat the Lightning without actually beating them uh, in the score in the goal column, you look at game two of this series thus far. I mean, it was they couldn't have done a better job. It was just one of those lucky bounces to end the game on a goal. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I commend the Islanders. And really what happened is uh, with the Lightning is that one of the keys to them, and we saw it in game one throughout the entire game, is limit the amount of whistles. Because if you, if you keep the other team skating constantly – um, they're going to get gassed out and this lightning team could skate for days. I mean, it's, it's like that. It's like that lap scene in miracle where they just keep going and going and going. That's the Tampa Bay lightning again. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, it was, this was, like I said before, it was, this was one of those games that could have gone either way. And I just, with the way the Islanders were playing, I wouldn't have been too upset about it. Um, but yeah, going into this series, uh, I, obviously view the lightning as a superior team. Uh, but there was always something, you know, there was that kind of that feeling that, okay, the Islanders after having that emotional game five, they're going to be tired. Either game one could go either way. They're going to be tired and the lightning are going to win this, or they're going to come out with tons of momentum after that OT game and just flip the, flip the script on us. And it could have easily been an eight, two game on the Islanders as well. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I expect the Islanders to come out in game three. Same. Uh, as for game one, 
I was shocked. I, I didn't really think that the Lightning were going to be able to come out and do pretty much have their way with this Islanders team. Um, I especially didn't think it was going to be 8-2, um, but I, 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 don't, I don't know what else more to say about that. I mean, that's really to, to sum it up perfectly. I mean, the, the Lightning played a perfect game, and they've, they've shown that they're, they could blow out teams throughout this entire stretch. We saw it in the Boston series, and that caused havoc around the hockey world for about a day and a half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the Islanders are going to – they're starting to really figure out how to play the Lightning. I expect them to probably maybe steal game three uh, in the similar fashion that the Lightning stole game two. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. I think you, the Islanders will be given everything they've got. They know they have to win game three. They will have the final change, which uh, I think Barry Trotz can take advantage of to, a, to an extent. And then, you know, obviously Killorn is out. Uh, yes. And we don't know about point uh, that that remains to be seen. I hope Brock Nelson can go because he, oh, boy, boy, did he take punishment. He, he, Brock Nelson had a rough night the other night, to say the least. Um, yeah. I, I can't believe he actually stayed in the game. Um, I believe I did. Did he come back in the game he, after he the second did. time he left? That was, I was shocked. I was, I was a hundred percent sure he was going into the quiet room Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys, to get Nelson back and with Kalorn, who has been basically the second guy on this team all season long after Kucherov with Stamkos being down uh, without, without uh, Kalorn and just solely having to rely on point and Kucherov with maybe Hedman, who's been hot. I mean, he has, uh, I believe seven goals in the playoffs right now, yeah, which is yeah. insane for a defenseman. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how long that formula is going to be able to work, but uh, I stated from the beginning of the playoffs that, I mean, with Stammer out and them having to rely on these these supporting players, um, you could only really do that for so long unless it's one of those years where, you know, you're destined to win the cup or at least make a, a cup run. Right. Well, look, I mean, uh, I think the Islanders will give them a tough game. I, I think they'll take game three, and then game four will be absolutely crucial if that happens. But Islanders have to take it one shift at a time, one game at a time. And, and look, they know that the Islanders have to give – you know, they have to almost play a perfect game to beat the Lightning unless the Lightning really have a, a, a very poor game. I don't even think the Lightning played – poorly in game two i just think the islanders played their style more than anything yeah uh and and limited the lightning to an extent but you know i i think the islanders are far from dead at this point even though i don't think they're necessarily going to win the series no i mean i mean the one thing uh the the one thing that really stuck out to me in game two and that's going to really play in the islanders favor is just the undisciplined play that this lightning team has. I mean, they were tied for the second most penalized team throughout the regular season. And they've averaged almost five uh, penalties uh, taken per game throughout this whole run. So it's one of those, it's, it's one of those situations where you keep giving these kind of advantages. Granted the Islanders did have, did have uh, four chances on the power play. They were unsuccessful in all of them. Um, but you keep giving these type of advantages to a team like the Islanders, such as like they did uh, early on to the Columbus Blue Jackets, you're going to get burned. We saw that in the Bruins series as well. Granted, they are a different kind of team. They were the best team on the power play in the entire league, so that's a little bit different. But uh, for a team like the Islanders to, to 
get three to four chances a, a game, uh, especially when the Lightning are missing their captain, when they're missing, might be missing Braden Point and missing Alex Corn for at least one game. Um, I would say that, you know, you're going to get your chances next game. It's really all of a question of how disciplined the Lightning can be and how willing, how good a chances are, are they going to be able to take throughout that entire game? And, and then from an Islander standpoint, can the Islanders take advantage of these power play chances? Because quite honestly, if they would have scored one power play goal in game two, they would have won it. I, I, I'm, I was shocked. And I think I speak for all Bolts nation that, um, that you did not score at all in that five minute major. Oh yeah. They had uh, you had, so yeah, you had so many chances and it was just one of those things where, um, it was the type of situation where you see uh, – we saw it some throughout the season where the Lightning would kill off a big penalty, and then that's when the other team scores right. <laughs> uh, on, on even strength. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, five minutes, and then you also had that five-on-three, I believe, in the third period, or it was yeah, just and end all of the they second. Did was yeah. pass. All they did was pass. I know, I know. Perimeter pass, perimeter pass, perimeter pass. You, you know what? Oh. You can't – you're not going to score goals if you don't put puck on net. I mean, That's between it. between the passing and, you know, just fillet, flailing the puck into the stands. Yep. Um, like I said, I, I think that they were just trying to be too fine. I think that one of the major keys for the Islanders is Matt Barzell needs to get on the scoring sheet. Uh, mm -hmm. Zero points and a plus minus of negative one. That's especially after drawing the comparison of being the better player than point at that point in time. Um, but <laughs> it was, you know, he's, he's definitely the guy. I mean, you would know better than me that I would imagine Islander fans probably look to, and probably some of those guys look to, to really kind of take uh, the game into his hands at certain points. We saw it early on in game one point, taking the puck in maybe a minute into the game, making that great move on the defender and then just basically dangling Bryce out of his pads. Those are the kind of situation that, that is the kind of plays where lightning fans want to see where Braden point just, takes this team on his back um is that something similar that you see from Mark ba matt barzell or is that kind of a or is it more of a balanced outlook for this team oh well, i mean barzell is the most talented offensive player that they've got and you know i think it, it's almost like especially in game two i felt like he was almost trying too hard to create a play like that yes. rather than to see the opportunity and then take it when it when it comes to you uh and when you force it very often you turn the puck over or you, you know, the, the puck goes off your stick or you try to fake out two or three guys and, and you lose possession and you can't force these things. You could take them when the, when the opportunity arises and sometimes a, a talented player like Barzal can have an opportunity when nine other players wouldn't see an opportunity, mm -hmm. but you can't force it. And I think to a point in game two, especially, he was trying to create stuff that really wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and, and then one of the things that I noticed in game two as well is that the Lightning have this weird trend of if something works, you know, usually the, the old saying is if something works, why change it, you know? Right. Uh, Lightning were exploiting the Islanders, really not knowing how to react to that three up top uh, set up in the offensive zone where they had the two defensemen up by the blue line and one of the forwards, mainly Braden Point. And throughout the time, especially in the first period, the Islanders didn't really know how to adjust to that. And then later on in that game, granted the, the, the game was pretty much out of control by then, 
Um, I'm surprised going into game two, they didn't go back to that. I mean, yeah. we saw it was it was one of those things that was very mystifying to me. Um, and I don't know if I guess that's you know you have to blame the coaching on that, but I mean, you know. At the end of the day, we won the game. But, I mean, back to Barzell, uh, you know, no points. He had three shots on goal. I probably remember five chances he had where he had a good opportunity. Because even if it's not a perfect shot, putting puck on net, you're going to create second and third chances. I mean, you guys had the personnel right in front, um, which was interesting. That's what Anders Lee is for. Yeah, exactly. That's his job, get in front, muck things up, get in the goalie's way, get deflections, get rebounds. That, that's why he's there. And look, you know, I was very frustrated in game two, and I even tweeted out the old Gretzky quote, you know, late in the game where you don't score on 100% of the shots you don't take. Yes. And uh, I, I hate using that quote because it's so cliched, but it fit too perfectly the way the Islanders were playing, especially in that third period. Yeah, and I mean, it was, it was, an, it was a detrimental thing towards the Islanders. But like I said early on, uh, when Vasilevsky normally doesn't face a lot of shots, that works in the other team's favor eventually because he kind of gets, I guess you could say, lulled into a little false sense of security. I mean, we saw it in game one. I believe it was on that second goal. Granted, there was also a breakdown in defense, but right. I remember who scored that goal in game one. But it was a, it was a shot, zero traffic in front, and just Vasilevsky whiffed on it. And that's the kind of thing that could work in your favor in in game three i fully believe if maybe you guys come out maybe put up 15 to 20 shots as long as you limit the lightning's offensive play i think you guys have as good of a chance as any if not more of winning that game well i i i certainly hope so (laughs) (laughs) but uh look it's gonna be a challenge and i think the best part about this series i with the exception of game one which i think was more or less an anomaly yeah that was just a fluke i think the guys were also tired as well yes Yes, yeah. the Islanders, uh, you know, I said in my preview before game one, either everyone's going to say the Lightning was rusty because they had a week off or the Islanders were tired because they had no, you know, one day yeah. off and they traveled from Toronto to Edmonton. Well, we, we saw quickly what everyone was going to say. Yeah, I, said the, <laughs> I said the same exact thing in my preview as well. I mean, I think everybody was uh, saying the same thing. So who going into game three? Uh, we, we spoke here and there about certain players and certain things uh, the Islanders need to do, but what are some of the things that you expect from my Lightning to do maybe that could they could take from game one and two and really exploit your team? Uh, well, I think, first of all, what you mentioned earlier as far as having the third guy high and, and the fact that it worked so well in game one and they weren't able to do it in game two, I, I would expect them to go back to it. And then I, I guess my question is, uh, with Kalorn and maybe point out who's the next, who are the next two guys up? Uh, it's really, it's really Kucherov and Hedman uh, are the front runners. The really guys that are really going to have to put this team um, on their back. Uh, I tweeted it out uh, right before, right at the start of the third period that now going into that period was the time for Kucherov to really come up big. Cause he, he has really struggled putting the puck on the back of the net throughout this entire playoff run, but has really done a very good job of facilitating. Um, having said that, that only really works if you have guys like Kalorn and point out there uh, skating beside you um, really look for a lot of ice time from that Yanni Gord line out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been a line that has been, I, I guess Stellar might be less of, uh, wouldn't justify how well they have played. I firmly believe uh, that that second line 
without that, I don't think the Lightning would be playing in this series right now. Um, they have he uh, John Coach John Cooper has shown it that he's willing to go to this line whenever he has a chance. He always starts off the game with them taking the face off, the opening face off. Um, so really look for guys like Anthony Sorelli, uh, Yanni Gord, Andre Palat, who have really been so crucial to this team throughout this run to really get a lot of ice time in this. And that's if uh, Braden Point does miss time. And really that only that three up top format only works if points on the ice. I mean, I, I don't right. haven't I haven't seen at any point because um, he has tried it here and there, but um, that only really does work if Braden Point is on the ice at that moment in time. So that might be another thing that could uh, benefit the Islanders in the long run. But like I said, yeah, second and third lines really need to come up big. Um, and the defensemen really need to play almost near perfect out there um, in the neutral zone as well as defending the blue line out there. Because if they don't, which they normally have a good – they have a good track record of doing, and they have lately Hedman, McDonough, uh, Bogosian, who has – emerged as probably one of my top five favorite lightning players now. Um, if that all happens, uh, I think the lightning should win this one. They should definitely uh, come out on top. But I think if one of those things is out of line, I think that maybe the Islanders will come out on top. I think the Islanders find a way in game three and then game four will be critical. If the Islanders can even the series after four games, then obviously it's a best of three and all bets are off. But even if the Lightning split the two Islander-designated home games, I, I think, you know, Tampa Bay would be in the driver's seat going forward. Yeah, um, I would have to agree with you there, obviously, on that. I think that once the Lightning uh, – one of the things, obviously, they've been very good at, only because they've only lost two games throughout this run, is that their response right out the gate after losing a game um, has been incredible. That's something that we haven't seen in the regular season, so that really shows you – how well and you know how important obviously this is to the guys and them their ability to step up immediately in the next game um so even it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world obviously if the lightning do lose tomorrow night obviously you want to see them up three nothing but if if this series once we go into sunday's game uh up to one i fully believe that the lightning especially with Kalorn back and i would imagine whatever unless it's something really serious i would imagine points back by then if he's not back by tomorrow night um i think the lightning are taking the next two games after that regardless very possible and uh we'll see i mean it, it won't be easy i could tell you this regardless the islanders will not go down without a fight yeah absolutely so what i was thinking what we could do and obviously you'll go first is talk about how your thoughts how the journey started with this whole playoff run uh i believe you guys started off against florida yeah. Um, and you know, lightning were in the round robin and they obviously everybody knows faced off against, uh, the Columbus blue Jackets. So, um, just, you know, walk through, walk me through as well as, you know, the listeners, how, how this team has really starting from the Panthers going on to the next round after that. And then into this series, how this team has really stepped it up and has really changed since then. I think what you've seen, uh, first of all, they've gotten very good goaltending for most of the playoffs. Against Florida, they shut down the Panthers' attack pretty effectively. And 
to me, you got some unsung heroes on this Islanders team, guys like Casey Sezikis, who is a tireless worker who's come up with some good goals. Matt Martin has five goals in the playoffs after getting five throughout the entire regular season. And then Josh Bailey, who is just, you know, not going to score a lot of goals, but uh, is pretty close to the top of the NHL in assists during the playoffs and just has great vision and makes very smart plays with and without the puck. They, they were a better team than Florida, but to me, after beating the Panthers, going up against the Capitals and obviously a talented team with guys like Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom, to, to beat them as handily as they did and to shut down the Capitals' attack as well as they did was uh, just indicative of the fact that the Islanders were playing their style of hockey and you know with the exception of the one game that Washington won Ovechkin was not a very big factor in that series and and when you take away the other team's best player you've got a pretty good chance of of winning up against the Flyers you know the Islanders were up three games to one all three games they lost in the series they lost in overtime Mm-hmm. And in game seven, they came back and played their style again, uh, where they really suffocated the Flyers, didn't give them room throughout the neutral zone. You know, the thing that, that really shocked me in game one of the Tampa series was how much room the Lightning had, you know, they, w- from their transition game, taking the puck out of their own zone. And all of a sudden, there was room to skate and room to pass the puck in the neutral zone and then into the offensive zone. And the Islanders hadn't allowed that to anybody they Mm -hmm. faced consistently. So I was very impressed with, you know, the way the the Lightning were able to do that, especially in game one. Uh, But, you know, the Islanders got here by outworking opponents, by being clutch, by getting good goaltending, good penalty killing the the. Flyers did not score a power play goal in the entire seven game series and, and just getting, you know, everybody sort of knows their role and if they stick to it and do it, this team finds ways to win. So uh, the journey for the Islanders has been maximizing their potential, staying within their system and having different guys step up at different uh, key times to win hockey games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that you said that really stuck out to me and that has been huge for this lightning team as well is that they never veered away from what got them here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we had a shortened season and we are, we'll probably never know obviously about how, you know, things might've ended. The lightning were obviously struggling and starting to get it together uh, right before the, the, the pause happened. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the Islanders, I caught a few games here and there. They have really have been really uh, they've been working hard. They've been one of the probably the most hardworking teams that I've uh, caught glimpses of here and there. But it's, you know, they're always doing the little things right. And that's what really stood out to me, especially uh, some of the games I watched was uh, during the Washington series. And yeah, you said it great. Um, what the big thing was shutting down Ovechkin. Obviously he's not the Ovechkin what he was maybe 10 years ago, but he's, he led the lead. He, he was tied for the lead in goals this year. So he's still very dangerous. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have, they have done very well. And as for the lightning, um, yeah, the, I guess the two words you could really pull from this whole run has been, uh, motivation and persistence. Um, 
as well as the mantra of next guy up. I mean, that's been something that the Lightning have had to deal with all year, injuries here and there. Uh, once you think we're going to have a full healthy team, another guy goes down. Um, we saw it with, you know, there was, there was the, the possibility if there was normal circumstances that Stamkos wouldn't have been back possibly until the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, his core injury healed up right before training camp start, and then he hurt himself, lower body injury, uh, during voluntary workouts. And at this point, I have to say it's probably a, a hamstring, but, I mean, this team playing without Steven Stamkos is, you know, as something that's not really what we want to see. Uh, as Lightning fans, having to deal with that and how they've dealt with that throughout this entire run, uh, you know, Coach Cooper said it, I believe, a couple of days ago during uh, – actually, it was during the press conference right before game one where a reporter asked him, you know, when are we going to see Stamkos? And he says, I don't even want to talk about that. Don't ask me that ever, you know, for the rest of the series. Um, because this team is, you know, they they know what's going on with Stamkos, so they're at peace with it, obviously. We won't know until, you know, obviously because of the unfit-to-play label that has been stamped on him. But um, this team, throughout the Columbus series, they played – almost near perfect hockey obviously there was times throughout those games where they they started very slow and they were really trying to feel get a feel for the other team um one of the things that the lightning has done that has just made me absolutely crazy is that you know we all know as hockey fans there's about maybe that three to five uh period in the beginning of the minute period in the beginning of the first period where both teams are starting to get a feel for each other and how things are really starting, you know, to pick up around maybe the 15 minute mark. Well, the lightning sometimes like to wait until maybe the 11 or 10 minute mark, or maybe once we hit single digits uh, to really start to, you know, get things going. And that's kind of what led to a lot of early deficits against Columbus. Um, but you know what, they have been persistent, and obviously without Stamkos, they have this next guy up mantra that they've been dealing with. Um, and, you know, they've really been – this whole run has been about proving that last year wasn't a fluke, that being the best team in the league wasn't a fluke, that, yes, last year they got swept by Columbus and they got off to a slow start, but this this whole season and this whole run has been about redemption. And so that coupled with, you know, having to deal with all this adversity – has been has really I believe grown this group um, and really taken their game to another level. I mean, we saw it in that five OT game in Game One of of the Columbus series. I mean, it was they Tampa was gassed, but they refused to quit. Yeah. Um, they I believe they put almost ninety shots on goal in that game. It was an which, incredible game. Yeah, which is insane to think about ninety shots. I mean, they really made Corpusalo give it everything he got um and then obviously you know they lost game two which was not the biggest deal but they pretty much swept the series from there and you know they took a very emotional uh game five uh ot game five four against columbus and then they went on to their division rivals and this whole you know each series thus far has taken on a different narrative uh the first series redemption um the second series against boston that was all about we're the better team. You know, the, the, the standings don't prove it. Uh, yes, Boston got the, the president's trophy for the best team in the league. And there was a time there in early March where the Lightning were starting to gain some ground on Boston, where uh, if they had a healthy team, there was no reason as to why the Lightning could have possibly picked, uh, you know, caught up to them. But it seemed like they really made a conscious decision uh, right before the break saying, 
you know what, we're just going to focus on getting ready for the playoffs. You guys can have the, the president's trophy and we'll worry about the, tro- the hardware that really counts once we get mm-hmm. to the playoffs. And, you know, they proved it in this one. We're going to show you that we're the better team. Game one, they lost. Not a big deal. Lightning have proven time and time again uh, throughout this whole playoff, you know, twice uh, that they, they could bounce back. They won a gritty, really hard-fought game in game two. Four three and OT, and then they just blow the doors off Boston in Game Three seven one, uh, really putting Boston on notice. And you could see it going into into Game Four that Boston was rattled, you know, for the first time possibly all season. And it's you know it's not dumb luck to do that to the best team in the entire NHL, especially on the biggest stage in the game. Uh, you know, making them get rattled, making them really lose their cool. Boston took a lot of dumb penalties in the next two games of that series uh, that led to prime score, uh, to big power plays for this Lightning team. Uh, they were really trying to get under the Lightning skin, and the Lightning did a great job flipping the script on them, which led to a lot of power, power play opportunities. And obviously, they, they ended up winning that series in another, another hard-fought emotional uh, overtime game, which was actually double overtime. But yeah, I expect... I, if I had to put a theme on this, on this series, I guess, you know, once again, I guess we're going to have to say, call it the proving we're better because, you know, they're not, they're not taking the Islanders lightly by any stretch. But they, I guess we could say, looking at this previous game, that the Lightning weren't really expecting the Islanders to come out and bounce back in the way they did. And I think a lot of Lightning fans as well. You know, we, we could sit here all day, and it's our jobs to, obviously, with our respective shows, to sit here and discuss it. You know, I said it on my show, on the pregame show, expect the Islanders to really come back and make a statement. Well, they did. Even though they lost the game, they made a huge statement. Right. They said, all right, you win or lose, we're, we're going to put up a fight for every second of – for until the final puck drop of this series. And I fully believe that um, – if, you know, like I said before, I really think the Islanders are really going to start um, really taking it to another level in game three. Uh, but the, the Lightning have proven that they can adapt to any team at any time in any given situation. And uh, I said it t- multiple times before that that second line, the Yanni Gord line that starts off the games for the Lightning every time has really been, um, you know, the one that's really gotten the, the heart has really been the heartbeat of this team throughout this entire playoff run. Yeah, and, and they've showed it. And I, I think for the Islanders, it's really been the fourth line that's been the heartbeat of the team. Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and Martin, they, they set the tone. And they, they really emotionally and physically set the tone for this team. And I think we saw it. They scored the first goal of the game, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in game two with Matt Martin. And just, you know, they, they usually are the first line on the ice for the Islanders in a lot of games. And, and that's the reason. They set the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's what really it's all about in the playoffs is setting the tone. Because I think once you set the tone and you, you start to get that first edge, um, you're in the driver's seat for the rest of the game. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, let's get uh, – let's, let's end things, wrap things up right now with uh, maybe our predictions for game three. So how are you seeing this one playing out? I think the Islanders will be desperate. I think the Islanders will – find a way to win game three and make game four pivotal. I I think that, again, I think 
the Lightning will not be taking 35, 40 shots on goal in this game, maybe 20, 25, and that the Islanders will find a way to win three to two. All right. That sounds like a good, uh, I would agree on, on that score in terms of if the Islanders were to come on top, what I'm not going to do is put out a score for my prediction, because I'm going to say if the Islanders win this game, they have to win it in regulation. I believe that, you know, with their playing style, they can. And, you know, it's all about getting that lucky bounce. Uh, We saw it obviously in game two with, you know, the the lightning keeping the puck in the zone and McDonough setting up Kucherov. And that could have easily have been uh, Nelson to Barzal or, you know, name name your two favorite Islanders in that situation. Uh, If the the lightning win game three, it's going to be in overtime. So I would – I would advise all Lightning and Islander fans to have a cup of coffee ready uh, toward midway through the third period if we got a tight one. Because if the Lightning uh, do tie it or if the game is tied going into the final seconds or the final minutes, uh, expect it to go to overtime. And the Lightning have been undefeated in overtime thus far throughout this entire playoff run. Well, if it goes to overtime, like I said, the Islanders lost all three overtime <laughs> games to Philly. So I don't think the Islanders want it to go to overtime, uh, although they're certainly looking for redemption after falling short three times in a row. Right, of course. And I, would, I wouldn't mind if it really went to overtime. But then again, you know, uh, be careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> right. All right. So thank you for doing this, Gil. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously both busy with stuff, but, you know, it was great to get together and, uh, really do this and really talk about this. Um, you know, it's the Islanders aren't really a team, even though I am based out of New York. Uh, they're not really a team, believe it or not, that I really watch a whole ton of. So even though they're right there uh, near me, you know, having someone who's more in-depth uh, knowledge about the team has really opened up my eyes. And uh, especially when I haven't really watched a whole ton of them, uh, know who really my opponent is. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you and getting some additional insight into the lightning and and look anytime you want to do this let me know because it's always great to talk hockey with a knowledgeable guy yeah absolutely and uh, you know the same goes for you maybe uh either after this series or you know depending on how either one of us are feeling depending on the results of how this series ends or maybe we'll do a little wrap up or recap uh once the offseason rolls around once again real quick thanks to gil martin of locked on islanders for doing that crossover episode and going forward, uh, we'll see because, you know, the Lightning do have a game tonight, of course, and then they also have a game on Sunday. So we'll try to get a episode out maybe on Sunday, if anything, especially if the Lightning do happen to clinch. But they still have to win tonight. So, uh, we'll, if anything, if they, you know, if that's a game, if they do clinch the series, we'll, we'll try to put out an episode uh, Sunday afternoon. So that's been it for today's episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I'll talk to you on the next one.